comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Nightcrawler. Bamf. Nightcrawler is in. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! 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 Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing <laughs> new movies weekly. We also cover some various movie topics, dive into a mostly spoiler-free review, and then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 170. 170. Wow! We, we actually hit 170. This is the number that I've been building up to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most podcasters' dreams is to get to 170. I'm actually pretty surprised. It's all downhill from here, really. I was like, are we at 164? Yeah, it's just, it just gets simpler. And uh, this, simpler. this week, in honor of both Halloween and Dios de los Muertos, of course, we're talking <laughs> Nightcrawler, the new thriller from, from uh, director Dan Gilroy starring Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, yeah, that's the plan. Uh, joining us, uh, we have we have a new guest first. We have From All Things Comedy. She's getting some killer morning ratings. It's Julia Harrison. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. For sure. Welcome. Also joining, also joining <laughs> us from the young folks, it's the man with two vans, Jose Cordova. I love vans. <laughs> Why do you need two? He's, he's setting up a whole franchise, brah. <laughs> Bra- <laughs> <laughs> he was going hard on that bra. Bra. <laughs> uh, bra. <laughs> yeah, we're getting things going. What was that, like a douchey pterodactyl? Yeah. Bra. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was. How are you people doing today? I'm doing good. Caffeinated. Good. Caffeinated. Right. Yes, caffeinated. Fantastic. Jose, always good to have you back. Oh, yeah, I love coming on here. Yeah, but um, Julia, I mean, it's uh, it's nice to oh, finally I... get you on the show. We've been, I've been wanting to get you on for a while. We were supposed to, ideally, there was going to be this world where, because you were at the time when I first we first started contacting each other, we were going to do the two dope, the, you had the two dope girls podcast, so we were going to do like a Simpsons, or Simpsons, a Jetsons meet the Flintstones event where we cross over <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I know. I was I was looking forward to that because Addie and I have some similar interest in film, but we our diverse interests led us in different areas of film. So there's some we really, really agree on, and then there are others that just nope, nope. And I I just was looking forward to that as well. The like this unholy quadruple situation of movie time, but. <laughs> God, you guys had to have me on for Nightcrawler? Oh, oh, this movie was intense. So, whew. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, the, uh, the good news is whew. there's some more movies <laughs> that you might be on, too. Less intense, maybe a little bit more fun. Well, we'll see. I would love I would love that. <laughs> this was so intense. Oh, goodness. All right, so let's get to some uh, show notes stuff here before we get underway with things. Um We've been doing our horror bonus episodes. We've been doing those all month. Been super fun with myself and friends of the show, Brandon, uh, Jason Coleman, and Jimmy O from Joe Blow. We've been recording episodes for all five weeks 
of uh, October talking about various horror movies throughout the decades, and it's been a super ton of fun. Abe, you even managed to join for the last one. And I said about two things, but, you know, it was a great discussion. But completely worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it really was. And I think there was a, a ton of knowledge dropped. And, again, if, you're, if your knowledge of horror films isn't that strong and you want some recommendations, uh, I think most of the panel there, they gave some great recommendations, even some stuff that I thought was questionable um, based on title alone, like Pumpkinhead. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should check out Pumpkinhead. So, yeah, check it out. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, all those horror episodes are up now. They're a lot of fun to record, super fun to do. And, yeah, maybe next October we'll do something similar, or in some other month we'll find just a fun topic to do, like, bonus episodes on. Maybe we'll just do a bunch of turkey movies this month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all those classic turkey movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, last time I'm going to mention this, we had had a contest going throughout the month of October as well, for um, based on the horror movie podcast that we were doing. Basically, if you send in an email at outnotpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message over at our Facebook page, um, we could uh, it, containing a, a list of your favorite move, horror movies from each decade. So one movie from each decade of horror movies, and I have the stack of horror Blu-rays that I would send to the winner. Uh, we have an entry on the Facebook page so far. Yeah. We'd love to get more emails so I can eventually put everything to a raffle and kind of give a gift away. But uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll announce that next week, I guess. Yeah, we certainly would have an end date for that. Yeah. So thank you for that entry, Joe. Hey, we got an email, Abe. We did. Yeah, it's uh, it's from Dion. It says, uh, Love hi. Dion. It says, that guy's got my back. It says, hi, Aaron, and hopefully this time, Abe. Um, I'm eager, waiting to get my greedy little ears on the fourth and final horror movie, but it should be fifth and final. Got to catch up, Dion. <laughs> and, but a uh, horror episode. But listening to your Tokyo Drift call out on your escape from New York commentary made me want to get this out now. Um, first, thanks for giving them to us. I You're guess. welcome. Yeah. Second, as I if I as I heard near the end of the Fury review, of course we stay to the end of every one of your podcasts, like the Fifth Element. Without the end of your podcast, there is no hope for life. <laughs> Third, while I love horror movies, I I've seen nowhere near enough to give you a list of favorites from every decade, but I do like Thirteen Ghosts, which I make no judgment which I, I make no judgments on the quality of it. Fourth, my thoughts on horror movies in general is that we, while I like a good one, I hate ghosts in horror movies. Most horror movies, most other horror creatures are alive in some fashion, but ghosts are dead, nearly gone. Leave life for the living, stop being greedy and bothering them. <laughs> Go to your specific afterlife and cease. Not to say that they frighten me or that I don't like a horror movie because of a ghost as the main figure, just that I hate the ghost character for being a jerk. <laughs> And that's from Dion, and he says he gives a BS. I am looking forward to the ghost of my wife. She told me that when she dies, she'll make sure to n I never get married again. But that's great to have the ghost of my former love haunting me. I love that last beyond death. Women love that stuff, and her <laughs> vengeful ghost will make sure I have I never have to go through the expense of being married again. This is my favorite horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna write a script. We'll send it to you. And then you can have it with your wife. I will do that personally for you, Dion. So thank you for that email. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on now. Let's get underway with it. Let's go to... Uh... Actually, last thing. I forgot this, Abe. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. iTunes reviews ratings. It's good oh, to yes. get those. It helps uh -oh. out the show. It helps us help people find the show and everything. It's good to get iTunes reviews. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it makes us feel a lot better. It does when we get oh, iTunes reviews. Yeah, thanks. So. All right, let's people move don't on. Realize yeah. how people don't realize how important that is. And I, I forget myself. I've gone through and... Every show that I'm subscribed to, I went through and I've started leaving reviews because people always want to leave the negative reviews. But when someone's doing something you love, don't forget to tell them. It's really important to the people who are doing it. So leave a review, dang it. Come on. Julie's got her back, dog. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. 
She also started from the bottom. And now she's here. here. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are awesome. I'm really excited. You should be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let's get to know everybody. Each week we try to ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. That was pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. That was great. We thought it not bad. That was really good. Hey, why don't you start this one off? All right. So if you guys are doing your own vigilante journalism, what kind of car would you guys have to get you to the place as quickly as possible? Keep in mind what Bill Paxton says about, like, hey, you should just cut it in the van. Or if you just want to get there with speed, which is kind of what Jake Gyllenhaal's character does. Uh, what's that new car with, like, Wi-Fi LTE built in? That's the first thing that popped into my head. I've, I've seen that commercial, like, eight times. That Chevy truck or something? It might be. I, don't know. Yeah. I was going to say Prius just because I feel like I'm driving a lot. You know, I want to keep overhead down, gas prices. Or... You do have to cross entire, like, L.A. County. So Exactly. It's a lot of stop and go. Well, maybe not that late. But... See, see, I, I, I'd feel like I'd be doing a uh, driving in a Lincoln because I was doing it before I was getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Good pull. <laughs> Oh God! I you know what I'm gonna have to agree on the Prius. That was one of the first things I thought of. Something that you don't have to make miscellaneous stops on, and it's pretty. It's so ubiquitous that it would be kind of it would just blend in. Where Jake Gyllenhaal is driving something that's very noticeable. <laughs> Right, right. Right. One of the characters points out too. It's pretty intense. So, yeah, I I think especially if you want to be a journalist, more so than a part of the news, you know, and that line stealth's the word. (laughs) Right. You would you would think it wouldn't be as important to him, but I guess it serves as a strange status symbol for him. Mm. I don't know. It's what it seems like. It's a good talking point that we'll bring up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my question is, uh, most intense driving situation I've ever been in? Most in- Like, personally or on film? Personally. Mm. Like, like, Abe, have you ever been in a car chase? I, I haven't been in a car <laughs> chase, but I have been in one of those situations where I kind of drive at the same speed as the person that's been annoying me, and then I just look <laughs> straight ahead so that they don't think anything of it. But then whenever they get they speed up, I also speed up too but uh anyway yeah I, i'm only if they annoy me i realize you're a very that, passive aggressive man yeah <laughs> i can't do anything in a car i wouldn't shout out the window that's rude um i don't know if it counts because we kind of stopped driving as a result but I, I was pulled over in college once uh i was in a passenger in a car and uh the police were looking for two hispanic male su- uh suspects it was me and my friend david in the backseat and we fit the physical description to a t and that just turned a, what was going to be a very simple BK run into just like this two-hour. Oh. It took us like an hour and a half to get Burger King, and it was very <laughs> cold. <It's a> <laughs> and it just—it it wasn't us. It wasn't—we just happened to fit the description perfectly, and so that was that was interesting. And it was only Burger King. And it was only Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, King, for nothing, <laughs> ruining my life. Seriously. <laughs> Well, I'm from Cleveland, so driving in snow, there was once it was a whiteout, and I spun my vehicle around about four times, and that'll that'll get you. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's that'll, intense. Yeah, yeah that'll that, make that a day. Certainly yeah. sounds incredibly yeah, that's scary. It's it's just intense, but not nearly as intense as watching someone go eighty five through a thirty five. So <laughs> Yeah. I see a lot of that yes. too. Well that was no, no everybody. everybody. Let's move on now. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> Let's You get guys now. got the timing down. You got it down. Glad, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, one seventy, <laughs> everything's easier. <laughs> I heard 180, but yeah. <laughs> you know what, dude? Yeah. Nothing. Every now and then, I like to give you one of those where it's no follow-up. <laughs> crickets. Just insert crickets. You know what it's Keeps time for? Toes. Let's do that now, cookies. Jim. Each week and out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. We always have other movies that we see during the week that we talk about. the cookies. Jim. I got that. That was that was good. That wasn't bad. That, that wasn't was bad. No. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Pass. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Short and simple. Jose? Uh, no, the last thing I watched was The Box Trolls, which was fantastic. You like, you're, a fan? you're a fan? I'm very much a fan. All right. It was, it was like, really funny. Um, I, I just I, want to give a quick shout-out to this uh, show that just started on The CW called Jane the Virgin, which is hilarious. Oh, I've yeah, heard good things off, about uh, that. Based off the Spanish <laughs> TV show, right? Yes, it is basically a, a novella in primetime on The CW, which is kind of the perfect place for it. Um, but it's a really good performances. The main girl, uh, Gina Rodriguez, I think is her name. She is great. The show's just really funny and ridiculous. And I recommend it to everybody. Okay, I actually want to see it now because the print ads all over Hollywood and Los Angeles in general make it look fluffy. Yeah. And I don't think they make it look as funny. So I'm actually going to check it out. Uh, last thing I saw... Can you believe this? Don't don't yell at me. But the last thing I saw was Django Unchained. I've never seen it until about two days ago. Oh, okay. it's, on, it's on Netflix now. I know. That's how yeah. I saw it. So, <laughs> th- so thank you, Netflix. You're the second but, person who said that to me this week, which is really random. Yeah. I finally saw Django really? Unchained. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's... Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to put yourself in a mindset to watch something that you know is going to be, okay, it's Quentin Tarantino, and I know for a fact it's about slavery, and it's intense, and it's almost three hours long. It's kind of one of those films you're going, I I need to watch this sometime, and it's screwed. Netflix, thank you. Okay, I'm watching it right now. (laughs) My friend watched it with her dad, who was, uh, he came here from Israel, I guess, like way back. And uh, she she said he asked her at one point if this was based on any true events, um, which I thought was just the best thing ever. <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, one, I guess yeah, you don't learn vigilante. about American history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was based on one vigilante way back when. I think I have you beat on random questions in that area. My aunt, while we were watching Braveheart, asked me, or kind of more of a statement of, do you think it still looks like that? <laughs> I, I didn't have the heart to tell her it was not a documentary. <laughs> It'd be great if you're like, yeah, I think so. We should go visit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it's all been gentrified. You know, <laughs> a lot of hipsters moving in. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are appropriating kilts again. So mm. depends on what part of the country you're. I've seen them around here. <laughs> really? Yeah. In Southern California kilts? Uh huh. Oh, I was like Seattle, maybe the Midwest. Yeah, I'm. I moved here from Seattle, 
So I, I'm more of a nomad, but Seattle has an entire store called Utilikilts. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it, it's huge. I think yeah. they cornered the kilt market, though. <laughs> I've, I, I've only seen, well, the only thing I've seen that's new is something I don't want to talk about till next week, but I did watch a lot of horror movies this week just because it was Halloween on a Friday. And uh, so, yeah, so I watched, uh, watched some random ones. I watched Sleepaway Camp. Um, I watched House, which is this really obscure Japanese horror film. Oh, okay. I was like, House MD? Yeah, I watched all eight seasons of House Halloween episodes. <laughs> I just singled those ones out. And it's like, it's really, it's the same as any other House episode, just um, Omar Epps just wears like a, uh, wears a mask. <laughs> that's the that's the difference. <laughs> just him. And it's always, it's the same joke every year. It's like, oh, you guys, you got me again. I was supposed to wear a mask and you didn't do it. <laughs> Classic, classic eps. But yeah, so that that was kind of my week of, of watching things. Uh, let's see, that was out of cookies. Jim? Let's move on now. Let's get to movie trailer talk. Each week we talk about one of the newest movie trailers, when they're coming out and when we thought of them and what have you. And this week we have Focus. This is a new film with uh, Will Smith. Uh, it's been a while It's been a while since we've had a, a, a Will Smith uh, movie. Um, the last, uh, After Earth was the last one, I guess. Uh, but that was even, that was more of a Jaden Smith movie, like a Will Smith movie. What was it, like Men in Black Three? I guess was like the last time we've had like a, a like a one that like starred him in like the lead. And this time he's joined up with um with uh, Margot Robbie from Wolf of Wall Street fame um, as a, he's a con man and she's kind of taken under his wing and they do a bunch of con man stuff and uh, <laughs> conning and drama ensue. I'm sure. Um, with that in mind, uh, let's start with Julie. Julie, what do you think of the trailer for Focus? It looks like every single movie that what was it matchstick men paper moon you name it where it's oh we're slightly different i'm a con man i swear i have feelings and i bet it's funny will smith looks amazing uh he he has not aged in 20 years but so he still might be a robot from the movie (laughs) and but i don't know it just looks a little generic it looks like something I would probably wait until it's finally on Netflix to watch. But, you know, not like a theater-going experience for me. But overall, who knows? Who knows? I could be wrong. Jose? Uh, I think I, I pretty much agree. I This is going to, I think, live and die on Will Smith and Margot Robbie. I, they both are charismatic people. Um, I was actually a little disappointed when the trailer took that turn in the back half to kind of more dramatic. If it was like a very light and kind of fluffy, fun, funny heist movie. Um, I think I would be more on board with that than the that shift at the yeah. end and the sexual tension or whatever it's I mean, that's, to be. that's every heist movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I, I really like the uh, I really like the Oceans movies. They're some of my favorite ones. And I, there's some of that in there in them, but they're, I think, more funny or not, maybe not funny. They're, they're a lot lighter, I guess. Um, and that's that's kind of where I like my heist movies. Um, I'll probably end up watching it because it's Will Smith, and I I like that dude. So I second that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as appealing as as these key characters are, I I'm I'm really not that interested in the movie primarily because it seems like it's very cliche, something that you would see in or something you have seen in a lot of other films, uh, especially because of the the turns that it takes in terms of comedy to drama to the, yeah that weird sexual tension, um, and I kept on thinking like. Why is Jamie Presley in this movie? And then I was like, oh, it's, it's Mario Robbie. I was like, did she get shorter? But no. And then I was like, oh, right, 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 Mario Robbie. They look very similar. Um, I guess. But for the most, kind of, yeah. <laughs> On quick glance. 
but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm not super interested in the movie actually. I, I agree that yeah, it looks like a very traditional con movie. I'm just more interested because it's Will Smith doing this. It's not you know something, you know, it's not a it's not a sci-fi extravaganza like his last probably like six movies have been. Like it, it feels like something different for him. I haven't seen something like this probably since like besides like Seven Pounds or The Pursuit of Happiness. Like since like Enemy of the State in terms of like a very kind of enjoyable Will Smith movie that doesn't rely on him being kind of a you know a, a sci-fi action hero. If yeah. Gene Hackman is in this one, I'm gonna love it. Well, you, if Gene Hackman comes back to acting in general, I right? Don't know yeah. But uh, he's he's I think he's pretty happy just chilling out. So, but <laughs> regardless, you know, I am a big Will Smith fan, and so you know, it is nice to it's not it is nice to see him in kind of a role where he's you know doing some good some some acting. It seems like, and so I'd be I'm I'm curious for that reason alone, just of like, oh, Will Smith's in a movie where it's it's not reliant on him saving the day necessarily it's more and it's you know he's seeing seemingly playing like a flaw i mean he's a he's a con man so he's not you know a good guy necessarily so yeah i like the first half where it would seem like it was almost going to be like a a heist version of hitch you know like he's schooling the new person i i would love that i would see that bring back kevin james too oh okay now i would see that yes i'm i'm into it now recast a little bit i'm into it you've swayed me (laughs) well focus arrives in theaters february 27th next year so uh, we'll see and uh, with that i think that's time now to get to our main film review for nightcrawler i'm starting a tv news business you get back i film breaking stories maybe you saw my item this morning with fatal carjacking no, I mean, I don't have a TV. Do you have a cell phone? Yeah. Does that have GPS? Yeah. Congratulations, you're hired. <sighs> okay. We're taking the next right. Good, stupid! Repeat the police. I will never ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Excuse me. I have something you'll be very excited about. You have a good eye. I want you to contact me when you have something. Something like this. Think of our newscast as a screaming woman running down the street with her throat cut. You will be seeing me again. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Nightcrawler, the film starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who lost about 30 pounds to star as Louis Bloom, an odd fellow who decides he wants to film urban crime in exchange for payment. Something of a quick learner, Lou finds himself excelling at getting good coverage and eventually goes to drastic measures in an effort to put himself at the top. Uh, the film was written by, written and directed by Dan Gilroy, brother of Tony Gilroy of Michael Clayton fame, among other things. And uh, he's uh, set his film, his directorial debut in Los Angeles, filmed mostly at night, digital, while the daytime scenes are filmed on film. And uh, yeah, with all that, Julia, I know you were a bit apprehensive on seeing Nightcrawler oh. at first, but what did you end up thinking of the movie? Okay, so I've got a couple of theories, and I'm going to do my best not to get spoilery, but so. Okay, this feels like if Brett Easton Ellis had written this, you know, some if it just very dark American Psycho esque mm-hmm. in its just intensity. I, it's several times I wanted to leave the theater just because I felt so uncomfortable. But to me, that's almost a successful film. It's evoking some emotion. I wasn't bored. I will tell you that. I wasn't bored. It was just so intense and i saw it at 11 in the morning don't (laughs) can you can i just tell you don't do that don't see this movie in a weird matinee time but yeah i i mean i feel like the whole movie's almost an analogy for every corporation we have 
And if Patrick Bateman ran every single corporation, it would be this movie somehow. So hopefully people are watching these movies before listening to the episode <laughs> and understand where I'm going with that. But I, I just, this movie was so intense. I had such a visceral reaction to it and did not want to see it. But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's good, though. I'll give him that. He's he's very good in it. Yeah. But the movie for me. Oh. Jose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I, I'm i not sure how I feel. I've, I've, I've been struggling to figure out how I feel about the movie overall. Um, because I think there are things that are very um, very good about it. Uh, certain parts of it almost feel almost alarmist to me. A lot of the things with the way that the media is portrayed and things like that. But they also feel true in a certain way, too. So I'm having very conflicted feelings. But I think the main reason to go watch this movie is Jake Gyllenhaal because he is just fantastic. He is, he's so, that character ends up being a very troublesome character. It's kind of crazy. And yet I was weirdly on his side for most of the movie because he's such a, I kept thinking, he's such a (laughs) go-getter. He's so, he's like weirdly positive about everything he wants to do and he he has these goals that he wants to achieve and I found it weirdly inspiring which made me feel even more conflicted about myself. Um, I think it's just a really, really enthralling movie. And like I said, Gyllenhaal, is, he's, he was really just amazing in this movie. Abe? Uh, this movie is really, really dark, and I think that it really... Uh, it, it didn't make me feel good at the end of watching it, and it's not because of what people do and whatever uh, actions are taken in the movie... But because of the themes that they're playing with, which is how news is being relayed to homes and what sells and whatever else. And all that seedy underbelly stuff just makes you feel very unclean. It almost makes you feel as though you have to go and, and do something to change the way that we change the media. Um, and it was very unfortunate because you you see Jake Gyllenhaal, who is very good in this movie. You see him start out as you know this amateur video um news person uh, who sells it to these news stations. And then you think that he's the bad guy. And then it kind of switches. You know, there's another character, Rene Russo, and she also has some sway into what's being put onto the air. And um, I liked how they they pitted a lot of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene Russo's characters versus a lot of the moral characters in the movie, which are Jake Gyllenhaal's partner, another news uh, station member, um, like the law and everything else. And what's really interesting about it is I, I don't know if I ever wanted Jake Gyllenhaal to be caught per se, but I, I wanted him to be stopped, but I also wanted to see what else he would do. So it's, it's very strange in that manner. Like I, I know that he's doing something that is ill-advised and it does go against some of your morals, but at the same time, it's like, can he get away with this? Like, this is really interesting. I'm very intrigued by this. Um, but the dark tones of this movie are, are just incredibly uh, well done. And again, Jake Gyllenhaal, again, he lost 30-some-odd pounds for it. And he looks incredibly scary. Um, there's a moments where he's just talking with his eyes super wide open. And that freaked me out a lot because I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal's eyes aren't that big, are they? And then to the notion of, is this guy just crazy? It's like, I don't I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't tell you if he's crazy because he's so calculating and so manipulative. He can't be crazy. He's got to be like somewhat of a genius too. 
So the themes in this movie, again, are very, very um, discomforting to me, at least. Uh, and the acting in it is fantastic. Yeah, I, I love this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I think Hall is absolutely oh. fantastic. I appreciate so much of what it's doing in terms of a lot of what you guys have already said, especially Abe, tackling, you know, it's, it is very dark and it does make you feel kind of grimy and dirty because you're sitting down in the muck with these, with these night crawlers, with these guys that film these accidents so they can make money off these things. And it's, it's right. disturbing for that reason. And it's, you watch how they handle the news and it's not as if like the movie satirizing the media because you see these things, like these things happen, but it, it is, commenting on the people that put out the news and i find that to be very interesting and add to that just the film is gorgeous to look at like it's such a great la movie the way gilroy has a cinematographer um robert ellswood doing a tremendous job of capturing this, this la at night and as he's going as he's going around the city and his car and you get a lot of great cars and gar car editing footage as well and just so much, and the score is so good, too. I mean, there's just so many things about this movie that I just absolutely love. And I, th- I think the supporting cast, I think Rene Russo is very good. I think Bill Paxton's really good in his small role. Um, it, and it's it's so, it's darkly funny so much, too. Like, you, w- watching Gyllenhaal kind of go through the motions of this of this guy who's, who's he's like, yeah, he's a go-getter and a fast learner, but in, like, all the wrong ways. Like, and, like, it's never, you never, I'm never not feeling Hall being the bad guy. I mean, the movie starts <laughs> telling you that this is the guy that he is. He's he's this, he says he's a terrible person. He does things the wrong way to succeed. He may know how to succeed, but he's doing them in every way that's the bad way to do so. And, and, he, and he lies, and he takes shortcuts, and he does everything he can for some goal that we don't really know. We just know he wants to succeed. Like, we don't. It's something I really admire. It's a very 70s in that way. It's a movie. I mean, it calls to mind yeah. Taxi Driver, yeah. obviously, um, among other things. Um, but it, it's a character who's he's put out there, and it's not about a character that's changing. It's just about observing this guy as he works his way through this world. And I, I really love that. You don't think that he's changing, but I think he's a true sociopath. He's, oh, for sure. Yeah. But to yeah. the point where, but he's evolving to understand how people work enough that he's following this this kind of pyramid scheme business plan of how he's going to succeed. And so he keeps trying to overcome these obstacles, and he does. You know, But what I have a problem with is what was he doing before? I mean, he had all this life before where he was very unsuccessful. I want to know what, what changed him into becoming a more evolved sociopath. Yeah. And so I, I think he does evolve, but I don't think... I think it was only an outward evolution, if that makes sense. Like only everyone observing him uh, are seeing a change, but he's not really changing as a person. Yeah, that's what I'm maybe. basically saying. There's no, okay. there's no like arc for his character. It's not like it's right. redeeming him or turning him from good no, to bad. He's, he's always this guy. Like, and it, yeah, but, he, but he's he learned... doing it more, more successfully. He's yeah, doing it he's, more successfully. He's getting though, ahead. So... He's finding. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's getting that, ahead in this life. That, that has more to do, I think, with with like the way that he finally found this this avenue where like all of his horrible psychopathic tendencies are rewarded. And especially with the Rene Russo character that they're almost enabling him to do all these, these terrible things. And I think that's what made him successful. He finally found a way to channel that, I guess, into a way of making money. Yeah. What's what's so weird. And Julie, you brought this up, which is just, it's almost like this pyramid scheme thing and it's not supposed to work, but it keeps working. And I just have to know why. Like, why does everything fall into place for this guy? It's like, okay, so he arrives at this scene, and then 
he learns how to do things because some guy is just talking on the phone and he's like, okay, well, it's 300 bucks. And then uh, later on, he gets really good at it. So he starts to take out some of the competition and, and then he shoots like really good um, footage. video footage. Right. And then it's just, it, you're right too, Jose. It's like, there's just enablers around him that just say like, Hey, this is great. Get me more of this more and more and more. And he's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll get you more. And then just, it keeps building up. It's like, why does this guy succeed in places where you shouldn't be able to succeed? Because legally, why would you enter this crime scene or whatever <laughs> else? You know what I mean? Like, how does this even work out? Like, it's not as though the movie is incre- incredibly ridiculous. It's just more of, I can't believe that this is happening. And I know that things like this happen because we have TV stations like TMZ and all these mm-hmm. other well, that's, uh, outlets. That's the thing. These things do happen. That's why exactly, I which is so which is very frustrating. Like that was that was incredibly frustrating for me not, to watch. It's not a whole. Screen. It's not a whole like good versus triumphs over evil or vice versa thing. It's just more of doing the bad things sometimes works a lot better than doing the good things, which is why you have to try hard to do the good things. Right. And <laughs> that's really simple terms, but I mean, that's that's basically the movie showing you. <laughs> it's like, look how bad this guy is. Look how terrible the things he is doing. Look how he's able to kind of manipulate his way around everything and succeed in these in very shady means. Yeah, I have to agree with Abe, especially right now, like being someone who's looking for a job, it was incredibly frustrating to see this guy just kind of like start making all this money Basically, by being like a horrible human being. Yeah, and he's, he's see, I don't see it as frustrating. Like, I, I certainly like I don't root for Gyllenhaal in terms of like what he's doing, but I just I was so entertained by this movie just based on his his raccoon eyes and his performance. Raccoon. <laughs> raccoon. That's but a good he, well, the the eyes the eyes were he was Jared Lettoing just like in Fight Club <laughs> where he had that that very or Dallas Buyers Club where you know. I I don't know where these guys get that from, but you know he didn't necessarily have to lose that weight and have like the creepiest hair of all time, but it does add to what they were trying to pull out of his character. I think I I wanted to posit this really quick. Do you think that Gilroy purposefully gave him the last name of Bloom to kind of be uh, a symbol for you know how he was going to succeed? I, would, I don't know if I'm reading more into that. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't think that's out of the out of the realm of right. consideration. Yeah. Things yeah. that could have happened in, term, in terms of terms of him writing the screenplay. I, I do think it's very purposeful to have a name like Bloom, let alone Lewis, where he likes to be called Lewis, but people call him Lou, and it like Lou. kind of gets under his skin. And then, yeah, and then he kind of is okay with it later because he mm-hmm. also describes himself as Lou. Yeah. Um, when the police enter his apartment, he's like, "Yeah, I'm Lou." But again, oh, he's yeah. so he's so good at at everything because he's reading so much he spends most of his day on the computer that whenever the police show up he's like yeah i knew you guys were gonna show up so i have a copy of the video for you it's like this guy is good i love the police in this movie too they're not doing anything wrong like there's no like they're they're not imbeciles they're not bad at their job they're just they're in a point where they can't do anything based on how lou's conducting himself and i i love that kind of that's the kind of thing that makes me frustrated because they're completely right in what they're speculating upon but they, they're just caught in a, a situation scenario where they can't do anything about it. Right. And I do want to speak to some of the side characters. So there's a – Jake Gyllenhaal has a partner, and his name is uh, Rick. And uh, Rick is – he plays sort of like the the moral anchor for you when you're with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And what's amazing is that there were incredibly suspenseful scenes with Rick and uh, Lou. And I was just freaked out. There's the scene where he where they're oh, trying yeah. to renegotiate – 
and and then the negotiation happens, and then they're doing the stakeout, and the stakeout is super intense because I was thinking, is is, is Jake Gyllenhaal gonna kill this dude? He doesn't. But, That's exactly what I was. But I was too. so on the edge of my seat. I was like, dude, this guy's gonna snap any second. And the movie is so good in kind of understanding how the movie audiences would think. That's like, mm, we're not gonna do that. But um, it it is very very suspenseful at times in this movie too. Wait, I wanted to make a statement to what you said about Rick being the moral center. The only problem I have with that is how easily his morality was corrupted by money, which is just another... I don't know if they were trying to use that as another statement on what they were doing to start with, how they were yeah. videotaping, you know, what they had to go through to get the footage, but how quickly his morality could be purchased mm -hmm. is... That's a great point. That's definitely part of it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, you, and while you're having him kind of acknowledge that he's doing some shady stuff, he gets that. He realize, he He's also... He's, you know, both desperate and willing to cross certain yeah. moral boundaries for the sake of more money. And it's it adds to this movie, to this world, this, this grindy world this movie exists in. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the and same it... reason that strippers exist and hookers. Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, Gyllenhaal makes that comment at the <clears throat> when he when he, yeah, yeah, so he hired him, right? He's like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was just so sad, too. And also, also like, really funny when he goes through that entire... Uh, maybe not the first negotiation. When he gets the raise to like, what is it, eighty dollars? Seventy-five. 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 Yeah. Oh my god! It was... I thought that that was, I thought there were gonna be some zeros after that, and then it was funny because there were no zeros after that. Yeah, it goes back. To, I think Aaron was the one who mentioned that it's like darkly funny. It is. It's like, it's, yeah. it's very funny throughout. Um, I like. There's a lot of. I mentioned the car stuff earlier. There's a lot of car footage in the movie. I there's a. There's a there's a climactic sequence involving cars that I think is pretty fantastic in the way it's shot in and in the context of a scene that I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite scenes of the year because it's just so so well thought out in terms of how to get characters in a scenario like this as opposed to being gratuitous. Yeah. And that's something I was really especially for like a first time director too. This movie looks so good and it's yeah. I found it just really impressive. You brought something up about the the movie that I didn't think about until you said it, which was a lot of it shot at night, and the night shots look very, very good. You don't see like the pixelation of the black and whatever else. Yeah, it's all um, all shot digital. Yeah. It's all and it and it looks and it's like the good looking kind of like shot at night and digitally. Right. That's, yeah. That's what, that's what happens when you get you know really good cinematographers on your movie, of course. Yeah. So they must have like really good lighting and also great equipment as well. But yeah, you have to have an eye for that. Which yeah. again reflects kind of the movie as well, because Lou is trying to evolve as a as a cinematographer of the footage that he's capturing. And so it plays into that. I think the movie, it's, it's presenting you this, like this gorgeous representation of these dirty things that these people were trying to get footage. Yeah. of. It's just, I mean, you said Eric, it's a very, very well-made movie, like overall, like, and yeah, filmmaking wise, I mean, I, I absolutely love the movie, but I mean, it's from a technical standpoint, I do think it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Hey, I can even agree with that, and I have no desire to really ever rewatch this movie. <laughs> but but it is. It was really well shot, and there were a couple of the scenes within the car that are fantastic, and they do what they're meant to do, which is make you feel tense, make you feel, uh, you know, just as nervous as the characters are, or just as, you know, that adrenaline. You can feel it, and it's it's palpable in a way that 
you know, I was squirming in my seat, just going, ah, I, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and which means it was successful, but, you know, I can still appreciate all the technical aspects without ever wanting to see his crazy eyes in that movie again. <laughs> yeah. See, I've seen it twice it, and I loved it both times. Really? The crazy yeah. eyes. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, it's the same thing with Requiem for a Dream. I loved that yeah. film, but I, I do I ever want to? Yeah. Do you really want to see it again? Not that Not movie. So no. <laughs> no. No. I think there's a but, difference. But you though. know I, what I mean. There's no you know humor I mean. in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with Aaron. That's very captivating. Like I got out of it and I was like, I need to watch this again because I was just it. It's I don't know how long is it. Was it like two hours? It's a little under two hours. Yeah. It, it flew by. It does. Yeah. I thought it was actually only like an hour and something like some odd, but not two hours. Yeah. You mentioned the scenes of the tension inside, like, the car, and, yeah, there is that, and that's where kind of Rick comes in. Riz Ahmed, by the way, who's in this other movie called Four Lions, that's another kind of brilliant oh, yeah, satire. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that, that movie, and I was so happy to see, he's like, oh, he's, he's here, too, that's great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously there's tension, and, you know, feeling all racing around corners and whatnot and doing, the, you know, driving really fast while Rick is sitting in the car and, like, you know, freaking out about what's happening. But the the, the real tension I found was when Hall would be um, – when people would basically tell him no, like, oh. and like the way he works around that, because the conversation, like the movie start the movie starts you off where he does get into a violent altercation with somebody. That's the and, opening sequence. Yeah, and so you you do have that in your mind in terms of how he can react to certain scenarios. So when people tell him no, you get to this place where you're you're thinking, is he gonna like do is he gonna do something bad? Especially in the case of like Bill Paxton's character. Bill Paxton plays a rival Nightcrawler, and um, he, he senses the competition that Lou's bringing, so he tries to make him a deal at some point. And there's like a conversation they have, which could have easily resulted in like Jake Gyllenhaal like killing Bill Paxton. <laughs> like you don't yeah, know what's going to happen. I actually thought that something yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, and it's, it, it, things again, play it's, out. It's things so play well out written. way differently than yeah. than the easy way, I guess, in terms of like how a movie could handle something like that. But I love like he says things like he he makes implication to violence he could do rather than actually necessarily doing those things. And it's right. that's the kind of freaky stuff where you just like I don't. I don't know what to think. Like I don't, I don't know where to go with this character, and that's what I really like yeah, about it. It's and, not following a specific pattern necessarily. And that goes with some of the control that I'm that I was referring to earlier, which is he's so under control most of the situations that it it's really eerie. It's really scary. The only times where you actually see him out of control, he's actually alone in his apartment mm-hmm. and he's just screaming at himself because he didn't get the the airplane crash footage. Um, but every other situation when she's with somebody else. I'd point out the Rene Russo scene at the dinner mm-hmm. uh, thing, too, which is incredibly intense. And I honestly – one of my nitpicks is Rene Russo's character, um, and that's primarily because I think that I didn't like the way that she was portraying uh, how she really, really needed this, and she's going to be under the thumb of this guy that she doesn't even like. Um, but that's aside. <laughs> that's aside. Um but I love the the way that he's talking to Bill Paxton. He's like, you know what? I, I really just want to pick you up by your ears and scream <laughs> at you that I don't want to do this with you. But I'm just going to get into my car and go edit. And that is – that kind of speaks to Julia's point about um, – what is it? Brett uh, Easton Brett Ellison? Easton yeah. yeah, it's like that's the kind of stuff that I would imagine you know Patrick Bateman saying as well. So it's, right. it's very – He has to return very... some videotapes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> precisely yeah it's comedic but it's also telling you something incredibly deep about this character he's got to return some video too that's good good call good call sir any other thoughts on this film or we want to wrap it up if we're reading here let's wrap it up 
But that's Julia. Where, when, when should people see this movie? When would you say people should see this movie? You know what? I would say that it was actually, you know, if you want that full experience, that full immersion, you know, don't see it at 11 a.m. Maybe (laughs) see it at 11 p.m. and really get into it. But for me, um, I hope I don't have to watch this ever again. Or maybe it's years from now and I've got some distance. It was, it really did its job and was very intense. So, um, you know what? If you, if you don't like it partway through, go see something else. So buy the <laughs> ticket and support someone who's doing something. You know, it was, it was worth seeing. I don't know about twice, but you guys, you guys took that from me. So I'll just pretend that I saw it a couple of times <laughs> and without actually having to do so. Was it? So. Uh, go see it now at like your favorite theater with like a nice sound system and it's just so good. Abe? I'd kind of just wait for Dollar Theater and not because the movie's bad, but because again, I just felt grimy at the end of it and I was like, I don't want, I don't want people to be going out and doing this on their own and be like, I am a new videographer. So by, so by not seeing it now, but seeing it later would prevent (laughs) that from happening. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. that is that if you're going to those dollar theaters, those are even more insalubrious than the <laughs> theater you could be word. going. Insalubrious. Oh, oh, SATs. All over again. Hey, I just you know, love I... that it means unwholesome, and that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's perfect for this movie. That's the first thought I had walking out of the A was, can I can I pull this off in Stockton? We have crime. We have lots of crime. <laughs> lots of crime. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I say see it right away. I mean, original movie, great performance, great movie. Yeah, go see it. Go give this movie money. <laughs> Don't make Ouija money. Make this movie money. <laughs> Ouija. Ouija tied with this movie right now right. in first place. We don't know what's happened yet. Go, go see oh, Night- is that true? Uh, it's Nightcrawler looks like it's ahead a by a little bit, but tomorrow we'll know for sure which one what okay, won the box office would... this weekend. Yeah, was, uh, at least go see Nightcrawler before you see Ouija. Yeah. Gee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably scarier. Like Ouija at all. Crawler is scarier than Ouija. Yes. It's way scarier. It, it is. It it would have to be. I can't imagine Ouija being good enough to scare me as much as. Ugh. Go see Nightcrawler if you still want to feel Halloween spirit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I want to take a shower right now just thinking about the movie. Oh. <laughs> that mouse little movie callback. 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 Let's get to some movies that we might have been thinking of during or after said movie. And, uh, Abe, you have any callbacks? Yeah, Anchorman 2, uh, Social Network, and Gone Girl. <laughs> Anchorman 2. Yeah, they have, a, they have a, poignant, a point about news in that movie. <laughs> Jose? Um, uh, Social Network, and I think Drive is an easy comparison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I watched, when I saw this movie the first time, I went home and watched Drive, because that was the exact <laughs> movie I was thinking of. It, it, it makes for a great yeah. double feature, that's for damn sure. And they're yeah. visually so similar DNA. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Drive, uh, Taxi Driver, Zodiac, Michael Clayton, American Psycho did come to mind, and Collateral, just because Michael Mann knows how to shoot L.A. at night as well, and uh, <laughs> that movie works for that reason. Uh, Julia? The only one that you guys didn't mention for me was Birdman. It made me feel... <laughs> it, it reminded me of that feeling of obsolescence, you know, so the possibility of not being important and so that was the only other comparison I could make. It's a good one. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our uh, let's get to our sponsor for the week. Uh, each week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audio 
book download at www.audibletrial.com slash podcast. There are over 150,000 books you can choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Uh, for you, the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's a movie that we've talked about. It's Gone Girl, a novel by Gillian Flynn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Read it the really book is. based yeah. on the movie that's in theaters now. Yeah. <laughs> is there, you think there's like an adaptation of the movie? Uh, I think that... You know what I mean? Like a novel to movie to novel? Be. Yeah. Probably, oh, God. Eh, they, have, they have one with the cover of the movie. Oh, well, that's, that's just the book again. That's Yeah, exactly. They don't have one that says, it like, adapted from the movie. Yeah, it makes no sense because and Julie, then ben Gillian Flynn is the same, person, same author of the screenplay <laughs> on the book. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can get that or any other book you find at audibletrial.com. You can download the book, listen to it for free, check out the service. If you don't like the service, you get to get rid of it, but you can keep the book that you download for free. So there you go. Be a winner. Read or listen. Audible.com is a shout out podcast. All right, now let's get to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over some of our various answers and questions that we got on our Facebook page, Facebook.com is a shout out podcast. And uh, yeah, we had a had a set here. Yeah. So first question we asked is, uh, what is your favorite movie set in L.A.? Uh, Phil writes, The Rocketeer and The Sandlot, both very good movies. Uh, Sandlot, L.A.? Sandlot, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, he so. moves to like the valley or something right. like that. Uh, okay, yeah. I never. I just never really think about the city that it takes place in. I guess. And also, Benny the Jet Rodriguez then plays for the Dodgers later. He could have moved. Yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Taron writes Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, pretty strong. Uh, Scott writes uh, Chinatown. Nice. Dan writes Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I mean, in San Dimas. It's San Dimas, but I guess I'll allow it. <laughs> Michael writes Drive. Uh, Ava writes Heat, one of the best shootout scenes ever. Uh, Adam writes Drive, Mahalan Drive. Speed and shortcuts. Shortcuts is a great answer. Robert Altman, that's a good one. Jason writes, "Escape from L.A." Yes, I say it. I like this movie. Don't hurt me. Some of those people. The problem I have is the fact that there's a lot of fast driving in Los Angeles, which is completely inaccurate. Like it takes 45 minutes to go three miles sometimes. He's night crawling. So, he's night. <laughs> Our next question is favorite Jake Gyllenhaal role. Uh, Julia, you actually answered this question. You have Donnie Darko. I did. <laughs> Woo! Wait, it's dark, but it's still it's it's less creepy. So that's my vote. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, April says my first immediate thought would be Brokeback Mountain. I also find him amazing to, in Prisoners, and then there is End of Watch that I feel I have to mention. So can I have three? Sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Christine has October Sky. Uh, Adam has End of oh. Watch, Source Code, and Prisoners. Uh, Jason has, he changed my mind about him when I saw Prisoners. Manish has Prisoners, Brokeback Mountain, and Love and Other Drugs, plus Zodiac and Enemy. Uh, Philip has October Sky and Source Code. Taryn has Donnie Darko, Jarhead, Nightcrawler, and The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry. He's gotta, <laughs> he's gotta save the world. And, uh, Joseph has Nightcrawler, End of Watch, Brokeback, Enemy, and, uh, End of Watch again. And, I mean, there's a, there's a ton. Uh, yeah. I agree with him. I do, th- I, th- I, I do tend to think that Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the kind of better actors of his kind of group. I'm and, glad that uh, nobody yeah. represents a Persia. Yeah. But <laughs> everybody gets one. And, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, especially I, in these like recent Prince of Persia aside, I, I mean, you look at his kind of track record, I think it is some tremendous work. In these movies. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think we were talking about it when you brought up Enemy like yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. Um, anyhow, now we're moving to questions that you guys asked us. Michael asks, who is faster? Avengers Quicksilver or X-Men Quicksilver. 
both of them were in Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have to wait till May, I guess, to get the final answer. Yeah, on. I don't really know how Avengers Quicksilver. See, like a quick glimpse of them in the trailer, but yeah. they're they're probably both pretty pretty fast. <laughs> probably. <laughs> what do you think, Jose? You know, I think I think the jury's out. I think this is the, we we don't have enough it's enough tough. evidence. It's... Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Because we, I mean, we got that whole time in a bottle scene in X Men Doth, but I mean, we'll have to. <laughs> oh yeah, Doth Sweden has a. He has a lot to live up to with that. That was a great scene. That was. Yeah. Some would say a highlight of the movie. <laughs> I would say that. I didn't want to say it specifically, but yes, I would say that. Joe asks, what feature live action film would you like to do a Pixar redo as an animated film? The Incredibles. Huh. No, reverse. Oh, oh, as a, oh live action. Take a live action film from now and turn action. it into a Pixar film. Hmm. Live action film from now. Hmm. It's a Pixar oh. <laughs> Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> evil evil, evil Dead 2. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, Army of Darkness would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think one of those would be a B movie would it, be great. You know, it'd be fun to see like a Pixar horror movie, actually, in general. Like, see them kind of try to approach that. Yeah. yeah. I want to. Uh, I would be down for that. <laughs> I want a Pixar adaptation of the entire Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> That's a great segue into our next question. Well, of... first off, I mean, that's that's kind of Cars, too. But, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason asks us, what did you think of the Fast... Or, what did you think of the Furious 7 trailer? I, I put this question in purposely, because we only talk about one trailer a week. But, like, Fast and... So, to back up, Fast and Furious, they had a whole red carpet premiere for this trailer yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> movies don't do that. That's for like, a, a trailer, yeah. For a trailer. But they had a red carpet premiere, people were, like, like live-tweeting the events and everything. It's, and it was all for the premiere of the Furious 7 trailer. Now, as the listeners know, I am a huge fan of this franchise. It's gone from being kind of guilty pleasure fun to, like, legit, like, awesome action movie stuff. And um, Tokyo Drift aside, because I love that movie already. But And I know, Jose, you're on the Furious train as well. Oh, for sure. I and mean, it, movies set in L.A., The and, Fast and Furious. And, and Abe, you've begrudgingly <laughs> accepted them as you were proven wrong yeah, about my thoughts, I, my thoughts I, on Fast Five I've originally. Slowly, <laughs> I've slowly, yes, begrudgingly is, is the right adjective. There's a, there's a callback to, like, um, to one of our first podcast episodes where we, we were talking about, like, the talking about Fast Five the weekend after whatever the episode that was, and you were kind of like, you're like, all right, this will happen. Yeah, and I'm, like, yeah. super excited. And then it happened. It was like, this movie was amazing. Like, yeah, no, it's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty pretty clever there, guys. Add a little rock and everything becomes better. Uh, <laughs> Julia, are you a fan of these movies at all? The Fast and Furious. I've never seen them. What? None of them. I know. Um, well, there's I... your new podcast idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd rather do the holdup. Ha- you know what? The thing is, I want to see them eventually, but I, I have such a physical reaction to Vin Diesel, which is negative. Overall, <laughs> like his general existence makes me... I find him slightly unpleasant. Independent and so, filmmaker and Dungeons and Dragons lover Vin Diesel? <laughs> he does love Dungeons and Dragons. And he has made independent movies. <laughs> yep. he, yeah, he also uh, loves uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> Nerd Vin Diesel? You have something against him? <laughs> I mean... I, I, former breakdancer Vin Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> is he really I, I know I need I know I need to yeah. watch him. Yes, he is a former break dancer, Abe. Uh, did not did not realize. Alright, well with all that in mind, Abe, have you gotten a chance to watch the Furious Seven trailer? I did watch it. 
Uh, I thought that it was a little bit over the top there with that heist. And I don't I'm sorry, know. I'm sorry, Abe. Did you say that you thought the the act one of the action scenes in a Fast and Furious movie was a little bit over the top? It, it got crazier in, in Fast Six because of the uh, the highway scene. And I was like, okay, I I think that I disliked that scene. And I said that verbally on the uh, on the audio, um, but yeah, I we'll see because I I know that Paul Walker is no longer here, and they they have a few scenes of him in the movie. Which they have a lot of scenes of him. See, the trailer's really focused on him, which I like. It's something yeah. I like about the trailer. It's not like they're trying to hide Paul Walker, which they could have easily done. It seems like, it's like, no, this is a guy that's just as far, far in these movies as the rest of the cast is, and here's him doing some action stuff. I love that they're, you know, doing that. I love the trailer in general. This movie, this movie like, yeah. it, I mean, this is, a movie, this, this is a movie that's like, we already have this cast that is the reason people like seeing these movies. Like, the action is one thing, but clearly it's the cast chemistry. That's why people have seen these last two movies so much. They've, like, added not only The Rock, but just, like, all the franchise favorites or whatever. And now it's like, by the way, we also have Jason Statham, Kurt Russell, and Tony Jaa, and Jaimon Hansu. Like, let's add all that to it to make it even better. And... Okay, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I will see anything up. with Jason Statham in that. I will see him in anything, even the bad movies he's done. Like those I will watch those movies that I am the big, not a fan of, and that's why I love the Fast and Furious franchise. It's like they're doing the exact same thing as the Expendables, except better. The action's better. The cast is better. The dialogue's better. It's just more fun to watch, and I can't say the same thing about the Expendables. So J- clearly, Jason Statham's like, you know what? I'm gonna try it too. I'm gonna see what happens here. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, he... well, I'm thinking of the what was it the uh, the one with the little Asian girl where he's safe. protecting safe. her. Safe, yeah. solid. Oh, I mean, safe. well, the thing is, like, those have a loose premise to start with. It's basically a vehicle for Jason Statham to kick ass, which yeah. I am a fan of, and may just oh, yeah. have to watch the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be lost in the story. <laughs> oh, and it's it's reaching Marvel levels of, of world continuity. building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> world building. Everything I appreciate about these Fast and Furious movies—they yep. have this. It's They're the only continuity. other franchise to do what Marvel has done, sort of, and actually do it successfully. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, did they really? I thought you were kidding. No, oh really no, we're they're, completely they're, serious. Yeah, no, they they okay. all connect, they all connect to one each one another. Okay, they, I'm gonna all, have to have a marathon of this sometime. That, that's why it's hard. That's why, as much as I might like some of the other movies over the others, it's hard for me to say just watch these because like they yeah. they really respect their continuities. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's it's basically it's Marvel movies. Saw movies and Fast and Furious movies that have just continuity connection all over the place. They really try. Yeah. And I think of all those, I'm most invested in the Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, Emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, people actually it's die. Actually in drift. People yeah. actually die in these movies. They don't die in the Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to tweet at you guys or something and let you know when I watch them. When you're, like, massively I'll... disappointed by what we've said and how it's not matching up if to your you dreams. If you tweet at me that you're going to start watching one, I will queue it up at the same time just to keep up with you. Okay, hey, I am on board with this live tweeting action. We're going to have to make this a thing. I'm on board. Jose, you're down, right? Yeah? I'm down. <laughs> All right. When Too Fast, Too Furious starts, I'll be in for sure. All right. All right, going to have to make this an event. So. That's the other thing. This movie's called <laughs> Furious 7. This franchise has, like, they have no qualms about, like, being the most ridiculously titled franchise out there. You have fat, the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, which I'm still set that someone got a raise for that one. Fast and Furious, <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Fast and Furious, Fast Five, fa- Fast and Furious Six, which is supposed to be Furious Six, but they dropped that. Yeah. And now we have the actual Furious Seven. Like, it's like this, these titles, like they make no sense at all. But it's like, why not? All right, let's do this. Oh my god. 
seven furious people. It doesn't matter what they call it. People will see it, and I will be one. (laughs) There you go, Jason. There's our thoughts on the Furious Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Full of information. Uh, Feel free to blame me. (laughs) Jason also asks, who would you cast as Green Arrow in the DC Universe? Jose, do you have any idea who you cast as Green Arrow? Uh, in the movies? Yeah, in the movies. Hmm. Apparently the TV shows and the movies aren't going to connect. I know. I like Amel. He's worked out kind of great, even though at first I thought he would be horrible. Um, I'm watching it right now, and I freaking love him. I love the show. I love the show. Um, There's an episode of Girl on Guy where he's on, and that's the whole reason I started watching the show. It doesn't <laughs> disappoint. It's a good time. I, I know. That seems really strange that I didn't watch it until then. Um, for some reason... Alan Richardson, Richardson, I can never pronounce his last name. Uh, the guy who was Aquaman on a uh, on Smallville. Smallville. Oh. I think he has the he has a physique. The thing is, I don't know if he can he can pull his weight acting wise. But I mean, it's a DC movie, so how much how much heavy lifting is there really? I don't know. <laughs> get, get, get back to me. Oh, I, was like, I, just, I don't have much of an idea. I don't know who would be yeah, a I, hero in the DC movie. Someone blonde? He's just he's not as iconic. Yeah, that's what I was. I was trying to think of somebody blonde. He doesn't have as much of a well-defined personality, I think, as as some of the other the other big heroes. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask him. Like, is he like a funny dude or? He was basically he's, he's, a ripoff of Batman. Like, yeah, but he's, so got he's stoic he's, and dark. Yeah. And... Well, he's got more no, whips. Was, yeah, yeah. He was like he was like Batman crossed yeah. with like Spider-Man, Spider-Man almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's more quippy than Batman. Okay. He has a sense of humor. Like if it if this was like like 1990, Patrick Swayze, he can do it. He can do oh, yeah. it. Pull it off. Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. That guy's that guy ghosted. The Swayze. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> 90s Swayze, I'm talking about. You know, he made ghosts. I, I got know. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Philip asks, "What's your favorite set of actors that are siblings?" The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I don't know. Dermot um, Maroney and Dylan McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> Those twins are fantastic. I said the Cusacks. I enjoy both. You know, of them. I was actually thinking that too. Yeah, the Cusacks. That's a good. It's a good pair. Like, they they do a lot of movies together. Well, they had in the past, uh, and they're funny. Yeah. I'm not gonna beat that answer. That's a good one. Oh. Mary Kate Ashley, J.K. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> If they added, like, the other sister, who's pretty... Yeah, she's... With just Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Yeah, she's so good. Oh, yeah, solid. All right, there cool. you go. Let's move that was feedback. Let's, feedback, uh... feedback, feedback! What, um... <laughs> Abe, what, oh. uh... I, Aaron, it, are, are you getting ready for, you know, the time that we're going to play games? Oh, that was Nightcrawler-ish. Indeed. That is, of course, the improv theme for games. (laughs) Uh, uh, Abe, do you have a game for this week? I do. It's called Vigilante, or How I Learned to Get Over My Fears and Squash My Opponents. Okay. (laughs) So so I'm going to name kind of like a quick synopsis of a film. Uh, These are all Vigilante films, and uh, you guys have to tell me what the movie is. So, for instance, something like I, I have no example. <laughs> I feel I feel I think we got it. A substitute teacher shows up in LA and decides to, you know, wreak havoc. It's, it's the substitute. Stand and deliver. Babe pig in the city. Yeah, babe pig. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so what you have to do is you have to buzz in by saying your name and then you can answer. 
Feel free to cut me off if you think you know the answer. Okay. All right. Here we go. Number one. A young high school student dons a mask and fights crime with a green suit and batons. Aaron. Aaron. Uh, kick ass. That is correct. Mm. All right. All right. <laughs> Number two. A retired CIA agent travels to Europe and employs aggressive hand techniques to people's Jose. Face. Jose. Taken? That is correct. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Number three. An odd quad set out to find who killed their adoptive mother in Detroit, Michigan. Aaron. Aaron. Four brothers? Good pull. <laughs> Odd Quad, yeah. I was like, how do I say four brothers? I was saying, That's my favorite James Bond villain, Odd Quad. Odd Quad. <laughs> He's so four-sided. Uh, number four. An NYC architect with a fine mustache goes in pursuit of the hoodlums who killed his wife. He then goes on to get for even more people. Aaron. Yes. Death Wish. That is correct. Bronson? That's Bronson, oh right? God. Yeah, Bronson with his mustache. Number I'm going to get you. <laughs> with this giant gun. You killed my daughter. <laughs> Number five. Charles Bronson's like the he's like the ugliest action star of all time, by the way. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> he scares me, though, because... Uh, well, yeah, he's did, intense. Did you but... do horror movies as well? He probably did a couple, but I okay. know more is kind of like Dirty Dozen and Magnificent Seven, like... Yeah. Just guy that gets a job. It's like it's like Lee Marvin. Just like hard, hard ass guys. Mm. He was. That's kind of what Liam Neeson became in a way. Yeah, but Liam Neeson is at least you know handsome. He's also <laughs> yeah, charismatic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Lenny. <laughs> All right, number five. And the bear. That's my token three. <laughs> <laughs> After being attacked in Central Park, Jodie Foster buys an unmarked gun and kills baddies in this movie. Aaron. Aaron. The brave one. That's correct. Yeah, how was that? A, it was uh, brave something. <laughs> and I know the trailer ends with, give me back my dog. I think that that's right. Yeah, I was going to write something about the dog in there. It was basically a precursor to John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. In this remake, a U.S. soldier returns home and confronts the corruption and crime in his hometown. Remake of the same name, by the way. A U.S. soldier returns home and confronts the corruption. Aaron. Aaron. Is it Walking Tall? That is correct. With, with, uh, with Wayne, the D is silent, the Rock Johnson? Yes. <laughs> that the been rundown Ho is just more funny. Should have been Jose. It was. I kept hearing rundown in my head, and I knew that was the wrong Rock movie. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven. A homeless okay. vigilante blows away crooked cops, pedophile Santas, and other scumbags. Oh. Eh. Julia. Yeah, I, oh, I know this one. Oh, it's um with Rutger Hauer. Oh my God, with the hobo with a shotgun. That's correct. Yeah, he's... <laughs> yes, I get one. I get nice. one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight. A calculus teacher pushes his students to the brink with his Saturday classes to prep them for the AP exam, which Jose. they learn. Jose. <laughs> that is correct. That's why I didn't want to laugh when you brought that up at the beginning of the game. Teach That's the kids the calculus. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess vigilante. Though. Great movie set in L.A. By the way, that's East L.A. Yeah, yeah. For a uh, split second, I thought it was Dangerous Minds, hmm. and I'm like, nah. wait a minute, wait a minute. That one's not as funny. <laughs> yeah, but Michelle Pfeiffer did have the same accent as that. As, 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 as that James Olmos. I'm the number man. All right, <laughs> number nine. A man goes on a rampage after the nine-year-old he was assigned to protect gets kidnapped. He wishes you had more time. Aaron. Aaron. Man. On fire. That is correct. All right, number ten. Two more. John Travolta kills this man's entire family, but he forgot one thing. No Jose. one messes with TV star, TV, <laughs> TV star of hung Thomas Jane. Jose. Jose. 
puts the um, the Punisher. That's correct. Last one here. Oh my god, I'm punished. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven. This dark, dark comedy shows that it's not always sunny when you don a superhero outfit. Oh, and his tagline is "Shut up, crime." Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Super. That is correct. Aaron, you have won this week's game. Weird. Game. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. And just keep in mind that Aaron doesn't see these questions before I uh, before I ask them. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations, Jose. You're in second. Julia, you have I just assured your position to be back on another show by getting one question right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we should have done a double feature with Super and Nightcrawler in terms of uh, Super. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's it's really dark. That movie ramps it up, yeah. From Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. <laughs> that's why he's a great fit for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, suck. yeah they watch Super. <laughs> they're like, this yeah, they're guy like, needs this our, guy. We need this guy to get a Marvel We need this movie. guy to direct our talking raccoon. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for that game, Abe. Yeah. Now it's time for Out Now. Presentable Out Now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week, and we have a host of things here. First up, we have Maleficent. Yeah, uh, it's a good family fun. I think I liked it. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's family fun. <laughs> it's all right. There's some weak parts. And, the, and then there's rape. So there you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, planes, fire, and rescue. Didn't see it. Did not. <laughs> decent. Great review. Is it really decent? It's whatever. It's it's for kids. Like, it's completely okay. for kids. All right. Uh, Step Up All In, which I say without a hint of irony, it's one of the better movies of the summer. Okay. Was it in 3D? Yes, it was in 3D. Okay. Uh, Speaking of 3D, Hercules! With, uh, of course, Wayne the D of the Silent The Rock Johnson. Uh, I think you guys, Jose also briefly mentioned it. It is very fun. It's a lot, it's better than anyone would have expected. That's, that was the basic takeaway. Yes. Like, front of the show, Brandon Peters, he just saw it this past week and he loved it. Uh, Scott Mendelson loved it. Like, I, I was surprised how much how it was it was more entertaining than i thought it would be for different reasons uh it's you know worth checking out um a most wanted man this is the last film with uh philip seymour hoffman as the lead um from a novel based off by john lecar yeah i've heard a lot of good things about it um here's another one the hobbit the desolation of smoke extended edition extended yes because that movie was not long enough i know (laughs) three plus hours spending time with smoke is apparently necessary not doing anything i watched it on hbo go took me three days yeah but you didn't see the extended cut jose that'll take you four days (laughs) all those new scenes some good facial hair in there i think this is the version that has like smoke dancing and singing at some point oh yeah choreographed right like that's the actual ending like he flies off and like starts dancing and singing while the credits are the credits are playing michael jackson's thriller yeah yeah that anyway (laughs) uh we have the newsroom season two comes out i heard that that the show has some hits and misses that's basically my kind of thought on it it's like it's it's okay like some episodes are like really strong some episodes like i don't know you're a sarkin person yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even being a Sorkin person, it's still like, yeah, I see what it's doing. Like, if you want to watch some Washington D.C. comedy? Like it's beef. it's last, yeah, it's last. <laughs> yeah. I mean, newsroom isn't. It's just it's news and not D.C. It related. Is. But I mean, it, it's a New York show. But uh, the last season's coming up, and I think it's like only like six episodes or something. So I'm hoping that that's like a strong finale. So. And lastly, uh, speaking of great TV shows, The Sopranos, the complete series, comes out on Blu-ray this week. I love The Sopranos, and so all of it is on Blu-ray. Now I have a thing on my Christmas list to put on. So. Gotcha. <laughs> that is my great pop culture blind spot. Hint, hint. 
My Amazon wish list is available online at Aaron Dewarth. (laughs) Okay. um, So now let's talk about next week. Next week's show, we're going to talk about Interstellar. This is a little indie film from director Christopher Nolan. I think you've heard of him. I've never even heard of Christopher Nolan. Uh, Like, like, doesn't he do like direct car commercials or something? Yeah. Yeah, he directs. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, we're talking about Interstellar next week. Should Mm -hmm. be a big episode. Um. Lots of stuff to come from that. I'm sure there will probably be some Big Hero 6 talk as well because they come out the Great. same day. Well, Interstellar technically comes out in IMAX first. Uh, but, yeah, they'll be both out next weekend. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on next week. Uh, last question before we wrap up. What should people go see now? What should people go and see in theaters right now? Jose? Um, Nightcrawler is really good. I want to go see Whiplash. So if anybody wants oh, yeah. to go with me, um, <laughs> <laughs> go see Whiplash. I don't know. Whiplash. Julia? I would say Birdman if you haven't seen it yet. Go oh, yeah. find a place. And I I absolutely loved it. The way Aaron feels about Nightcrawler, I felt about Birdman, I think. So go see Birdman, damn it. We haven't talked about <laughs> Wait, Bird- can I say that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. We, we haven't talked about Birdman on this show Not yet in yet. full, but I, I would say that people should go see Birdman. Abe? Because you guys mentioned Birdman, I'll say John Wick. Yeah, John, see John Wick. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do it this week for this week's episode about Now Theron and Abe. You can uh, find more of my work on my personal site, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews as well as at Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com/walrusmoose. Uh, Jose, I'm on Twitter at Jose Cordova. That's my name, and on the young <laughs> folks, I'll be covering a. Uh, Fresh off the boat when it starts in the after the mid seasons. So oh, I'm nice. really, really looking forward to that show. And Julia. Uh, everything I've got is um pretty much at Julia W D Harrison on Twitter, and I put links to my Tumblr, all that stuff. So that's the easiest thing for people to remember, I think. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins once said the uh, of my name that I was the heir to the spray oil fortune because of the WD so I kept it and I, I love that joke ever since so if that helps you remember it go for it but there you go. yeah everything's on there stand up and all the good stuff cool and of course you can find all the other episodes about now there and on iTunes and at Stitcher as well as hhwlod.com that is where you can find our show along with other fun shows about comics and TV and cool stuff like that you can also listen to us at outnow.podomatic.com as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. And feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Nightcrawler or anything else that you've recently seen. Interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And you can follow our Tumblr page outnowpodcast.tumblr.com and you can of course leave us a voicemail if you'd like to at 972-798-3830. Uh, That's thank- a wrap! Thank you, Jose and Julia, for joining thank us Thank you, this guys. Week. Thank you, guys. Always this is fun. way too much fun. This was fun, and next week we're talking about Interstellar, <laughs> which, which I am very excited to Hopefully check Hopefully people out. see it in 70mm and in IMAX. I know I'm going to travel to your town. Abe, oh, are you? Well, yeah, I'll have to coordinate with Saturday. you. Well, yeah, I'll be there Saturday. I think Saturday I'll be there. Okay, cool. It's a long time to wait to see that movie. But if you, you got to go to the right IMAX places. Yeah, actual 70mm, yeah. so that's... That's that's the whole reason. You can do that on the day it comes out. Travel? Uh, He's got work. Like my car is like not well, a if you fan had, of if you had a if far. you had a Prius <laughs> or a Lincoln, which I love before exactly. I was paid to drive, then you'd probably be all good about it. <laughs>
I need to start the Inner Nightcrawler then in Stockton so I can make some money and get a fancy car. And like, what was that like three months? He made enough money in three months yeah, to get a yeah. like, brand new. Yeah. <laughs> With all that being said, let's uh, wrap it up. Thank you guys again for Thank joining us. And uh, until next week, uh, so long. And goodbye. What's your favorite set of actors that are siblings? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>